Welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us and we hope you are encouraged by today's message. How's everybody doing today? Huh? You guys doing good? It's great to see you. And today we want to give a very special welcome to our newest location, the public grand opening today of Celebration Midtown. So come on, put your hands together. Midtown, it is great to be with you guys and and many people that normally attend our arena campus are checking out our Midtown location today. It's just a few miles from the arena and I really encourage you, if you like it, that is a great location to choose to attend Celebration Church as we kind of head towards the Easter season. uh, It really helps as we kind of spread attendance out, so to speak, so that we can make room for all that God wants to do in April and May as we get into the Easter season. And so, uh, man, we're just thrilled to be with you guys. We know that you guys have a great day planned there at Midtown. We also want to welcome Orange Park and Julington Creek and uh, also you guys out at Amelia Island. I think you kind of have your run-through service today as you guys are launching next week. So a lot of great things going on here at Celebration. How about all those baptisms last weekend? Was that just, oh, and... uh, We are just getting so many great reports in, so many wonderful things happened last weekend on Baptism Weekend. And on that note, one place that you can go and see so many baptism pics is on our new app. Everybody say the new app, say new app new app. Now, this is really, really important. You'll see there on the screen, there's a number that you can simply text. And if you text that number, uh, you'll get a response and it will have a direct link to download our new church app. If you have an iPhone and you go in the app store, you want to type in the celebration app. That's because there's a lot of celebration businesses, even other churches, other things out there like that. So remember, the celebration app app in the app store and I want to let you guys know this this church app this is like on the the forefront of church apps. It's a thousand times better than our old app. You can stay up to date currently, like during the week. You can sign up for groups and ministries. You just go online. I mean, the message is right there. So if you have the church app today, if you're watching online, you pick up your phone, it's just bam, hit messages, boom. The service comes up so easy to give, so easy to connect. There's a feed. You can look at photos and stuff uh, from the weekend and news and testimonies and just all kind of great things. Uh, So download the app. Very, very important because a lot of our church information and stuff is going to start coming through that app. Awesome. Are you guys ready to get into the message this morning? Man, I'm really excited about the next few weeks here. And we're going to kick off a series called, uh, called What Does Grace Say? What Does Grace Say? And we are going to do a study of the grace of God. How many of you know the grace of God is a pretty important subject (laughs) when it comes to following Jesus and when it comes to your relationship with God? And and it's a a very important subject. Uh, There's a lot of confusion about what the grace of God really is. I think that the word grace is kind of... lost a little bit of its meaning in our modern culture. So what we want to do is we want to dig in in the next few weeks and we want to look and do a good in-depth study 
on the grace of God. And here's the good news about that. It's easy to learn about grace. You know why? Because grace is not really a subject. Grace is a person. Grace is in the person of Jesus. And so when we're trying to, how do we define grace? What does grace look like? It's real easy just to look at the person of Jesus, and there we see grace personified. So that's what we're going to do. If you have your Bibles, I want you to go to John, the Gospel of John, chapter 1. I'm going to begin reading in verse 17, and then we'll pray. It says, For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. So the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through who? Jesus Christ. So to the children of Israel, to the, to the Jewish people, the law came through Moses, but now there's a new thing that God wants to condition people to, and that's the grace of God. So that's what we're going to look at. We're going to look at the grace of God and how the grace of God is always in conflict to the law. And I've entitled this first message, It's About to Go Down. It's about to go down. Look at somebody near you and say, it's about to go down. It's about to go down. Come on, some of you are like, yeah, it is about to go down because of what you did or didn't do before we came to church. It's going to go down, you and me after church. Pray with me. Father, we love you. We thank you for your word. Lord, in this next 30 minutes or so, God, I thank you that we're going to look at the person of Jesus. And in this series, we're going to look at the person of Jesus, Lord, and we are going to find out what does grace say in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. And amen. So this scripture here in John chapter 1, verse 17, it really kind of sums up a lot of what was going on in Jesus' ministry while he was on the earth. You see, Jesus, God's grace was personified in Jesus, but the Jewish people, they were not used to grace. They were used to law. They had been conditioned by the law. The law was works based. Grace is faith based. The law operates on what you do. You get what you do. Grace operates on what you believe. You get what you believe. And so what happens is because the Jewish people were conditioned to the law, all of a sudden when grace came on the scene, there was this, there was this conflict. It's like, man, this is this new system. No, we were, we, we, we've been conditioned by the law as to how we relate to God. But when Jesus came on the scene, he kind of redefined that. He says, no, the law is not how you relate to God, the law was just a system put in place for governance for yourselves until the true way that you could relate to God would come on the scene, which was Jesus. And so now Jesus, or we could say grace and law, are in this conflict with one another because what God's trying to do through Jesus is condition people to a new system. Do you see what I'm saying? He's trying to get people conditioned in grace 
and not conditioned to the law. Why? Why? Or, or, or watch this. Why? Because faith can only operate through grace. Grace is the condition that is required for faith to operate. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. So you might know this. How many of you, uh, we're here in Florida, so, so surfing. Any surfers out there? We got surfers, got a few surfers, got a few brave surfers. I don't know about surfing in Jacksonville, man. Too many sharks been showing up lately. Y'all see that the other day in the paper? They like showed this big great white. They like mark it. It's got like a, you know, thank God for the scientists, man, that can put like a, a marker on these giant great whites so we can know when they're showing up to eat somebody. <laughs> Jacksonville Bay, I think it was last year, it was like on the front page. You know, they have like names for these shark, you know, munchers, whatever they call them. You know, <laughs> munchers or what was shark name? Brutus, I don't know what they call You know. He, show, he showed up, she, here, here he is right off the pier, right out there in Jacksonville, like there's like a picture with this big, great white. I'm just saying, if you were a surfer, you better, you better be checking, you better be watching where Munchers is. I don't know where to track them and all that. But here's what I'm saying, if, if you're a surfer, it's especially here on the, the East Coast, boy, if, if you're going to have a good surfing experience, it's really all about the conditions, isn't it? If the conditions are out there, you know, there's no storm brewing, uh, you know, somewhere out there. It's just calm seas, one-foot seas. What would you say? And someone said, hey, let's go surfing. You say, man, today's not a good day to surf. It's not the right what? Conditions for surfing. In fact, if it's just flat out there, uh, you would say it's impossible to surf. you got to have waves to surf. It's bad conditions. See, this is what Jesus was doing. Jesus was saying, with the law, it's impossible to have faith. Through the law, it's impossible to know who God really is. Through the law, it's, it's, it's impossible to really uh, uh, approach God. That, that, that's the wrong conditions. You've got to have the right conditions, and the right conditions are the grace of God. The right conditions are a system that's not based on your performance, but a system that's based on God loving you unconditionally, sacrificially, and redemptively. The right conditions are a system where God pays the price for all of your sins so that now there is no barrier between you and God, but you can be redeemed back to God through the blood of Jesus. Jesus is bringing the new system, and oh, it's such a better system. Some people say, well, the law showed the righteousness of God. No, it didn't. You think that's all God's got? Don't kill. Don't commit adultery. Don't this. Don't that. You think that is the righteousness of God? God's righteousness is infinitely higher than that. No, the law didn't show us the righteousness of God. The law showed us the unrighteousness of man that we could not even hold up to a basic standard of behavior where we would practice love towards one another. So God did for us what we couldn't do for ourselves. I wish somebody was hearing me today. God did for us what we couldn't do for ourselves. Come on, he sent Jesus 
to die for our sins and give us a new system, this system of grace, this system that, that's based on the favor of God, on the love of God, on the goodness of God, this system whereby God is just loving us for who we are, whereby God is not impugning our sins against us or counting our mistakes against us, where we can walk in the favor of God, not because of what we've done or haven't done, but because of what Jesus did on the cross over 2,000 years ago. So that's why John here, when he's writing, he starts off, he wants to remind everyone he's about to teach us about the Son of God. He wants to remind us, though, about, about the new system that God has brought to condition us to a relationship with him. It's no longer the system of the law. That came through Moses. But it's the system of grace that comes through Jesus. And so what we see throughout the Gospels is this. Watch this. You could say the Pharisees, the scribes, the teachers of religious law, they represent the law, right? They represent the law. Jesus represents grace and there would be a ministry opportunity. There would be a person who's sick or a person that needs help or a person that needs forgiveness. And all of a sudden, the law would show up on the scene and grace would show up on the scene. And it would be a battle for the souls of men and women as to what system they will be conditioned to. A system of condemnation or a system of acceptance and forgiveness by God. Come on, aren't you glad Jesus brought us a new system? Aren't you glad? So let's... Let's take a look at, at one of these conflicts where the law and grace shows up. And we're going to be looking at a few of them over these next few weeks. And I have a part two to this message, so you want to make sure and come back next week. But this is a good one. I mean, boy, this is a, this is a battle. This is a battle royale right here. Go to John chapter 8. John chapter 8. We're going to look at the story here of the woman caught in adultery. Caught in the very act. And guess what? The law has shown up in full force. The law has all the backing it needs to condemn this woman. But guess what? A greater power is going to show up, and that's grace. It's going to be the law versus grace. It's about to go down. Come on, so let's look at somebody one more time. See, it's about to go down. Here we go. It's about, it's about to go down. Oh, it's on. It's on now. <laughs> Bring it. Yes, look at this. Now, early in the morning, he came again into the temple, and all the people came to him, and he sat down and taught them. So imagine this. This is a big scene. This is like a, like, like a, like a big crowd, big, big day at church. Here's this big scene. Here's Jesus teaching. Watch, here's grace teaching the people God's new system. But look who shows up. It says, then the scribes and Pharisees, we could say that's the law. They represent the law. Then the scribes and Pharisees brought to him a woman caught in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they said to him, teacher, this woman was caught in adultery. Look at this. She was caught in adultery in the very act. 
Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. Just a, just a few things I want to point out here. I mean, think about this. How many of you know this was a setup? Here people were being taught by Jesus. We could say here people were being taught grace. Jesus was grace personified. Here people were being taught grace, and all, all of a sudden, the law didn't like that. So, man, they, there was a setup right here. They would, Look, it says this woman was caught in the very act of adultery. How many of you know that had to be planned? How are you going to know the time? Come on. And it, and it says, how about this? And she was caught in the very act. What I want to know is how long were they watching, you know what I'm saying, before they, like, broke the thing up? What were these scribes and Pharisees doing? Yeah, we caught her in the act. Yeah, we was, we watched it. We watched the whole thing, and then, ha ha! That's a joke. You can laugh now. Ha ha! <laughs> and then here's the other thing. So watch, watch. Here's what they they catch her in the act. It's such a setup. Then they bring her out, look at this, in the middle of everyone. See, that's what the enemy, that's what condemnation does. Condemnation wants to shame you. But watch, you can never change in shame. Shame is not the condition that you need to change. Are you following me? That's why people can never change. They can't be transformed through the law. They can only be transformed through grace. Grace is a must condition for change. So then they say this, they say, hey, the law says, hey, Jesus, hey, grace guy, hey, the law says this woman should be stoned. Well, here's the interesting thing about that. The law just doesn't say the woman should be stoned. The law also says the guy that was committing adultery with her should be stoned. So what's up with that? That's a whole nother message right there. But you know, they didn't, they didn't, they didn't, they didn't, no, they just pull out the poor woman and we don't know what was going on in her life. We don't know how she was brought up. We don't know what brought her to this place. But watch this. They say, the law says she should be stoned. And look what they say. But what do you say? In other words, what does grace say? What does grace, hey, Mr. Grace Man, we've got the law. I can show you what it says. She was caught in the act. There is no way out of this. The law says, and you know, you said you're not here to break the law. You're here to fulfill the law. The law says she should be stoned. So tell us, what does grace say about this situation? Look what it says here in Verse 6, it said this, they said, testing him, of course, that they might have something of which to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote on the ground with his finger as though he did not hear. So when they continued asking him, he raised himself up and said to them, he who is without sin among you, let him throw a stone at her first. Jesus didn't dispute the charges. The law was right. 
And he could not break the law. But Jesus said, okay, he who is without sin casts the first stone. And look what it says, verse 8. And again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. Y'all know what he was writing. He was writing all kind of other commands in the law that he knew those guys had been breaking. Because no one can be made righteous by the law. No one can come to God based on merit and good performance. That's why Jesus had to come. I love this next statement. So, so it says, look, it says, again, you stoop down and roll on the ground. Then those who heard it being convicted by their conscience went out one by one. I love this. Beginning with the oldest, even to the last. Come on, because how I many you know that the longer you live, the more sin you do? You know what I'm saying? Maybe those younger guys thought they could hang in there for a couple of Jesus ridings on the ground. Those older guys like, man, I got a lot of inventory. I just, I just need to roll on out right now. This, uh, this ain't going to work. <laughs> and all the older people said amen, <laughs> including me. So they roll on out. They roll on out. Oldest to the youngest. I love this. And look at this. It says, and Jesus was left alone and the woman standing in the midst. When Jesus had raised himself up, mm, this is grace. This is grace. Grace silenced the law. And here grace stands up. It's like the victor. You know what I'm saying? Grace stands up. And when he saw no one but the woman, he said to her, woman, where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? She said, no one, Lord. And Jesus said to her, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. And then verse 12, it says, Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. What was Jesus doing? He was shedding light on a very crucial subject, this subject of grace and law and which one is the system by which people, God wants people conditioned to, to have a relationship with him. Come on, can you put your hands together for your Savior, Jesus? This is why he came, grace. Now, now let, let me just unpack this a little bit. Now, I'm going to give you five things here that we see in this passage of, of Scripture, things that you can, it, okay, now we're going to start getting into what does grace look like or, or, or a definition of grace. Okay, rem, remember this. Jesus did not dispute the charges. The charges were legitimate. Okay, the Pharisees brought her to Jesus the charges were legitimate, but come on, instead of Jesus rejecting her, what did Jesus do? He accepted her. See, it's, it's important to realize this about, about how grace operates. Grace, it doesn't excuse the sin, but even in your sin, God accepts you. Come on, can you give him a hand for that? 
Let's pull out a few more things and then I'll give you some, some statements here, okay? Jesus also, Jesus gave her protection from the accusations of the law. So, so watch, the law condemned her. Once again, it's important to remember this. Grace doesn't deny the sin in your life. In other words, Jesus didn't say, hey, she's all right. Whatever she did, it really don't matter. You know, whatever, I forgive her. No, 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 no. Grace doesn't deny the sin, but guess what? Because of the goodness of God, because he's paid for your sin, grace protects you. What did Jesus do? She was about to be stoned. What Grace showed up and protected her from the penalty of her sin. What else did he do? He elevated her. Oh, this is my favorite part about this. This is so good. He elevated her. What did Jesus say? He said, okay, whoever is without sin, you cast the first stone. In other words, what was he showing the woman? Look, these people are all sinners too. They're no better than you. We're all sinners. What was Jesus doing? He was elevating this woman. He was giving her dignity. He was giving her respect. He was giving her self-worth. He was saying, listen, yes, you've sinned, but you know what? All these other people have sinned too. Even these Pharisees, you're not the only sinner in town. We've all, everybody has sinned. You're, you're just one of many. Now your consequences might be worse, but what was he doing? He was saying, hey, what? Look, you are no worse than anybody else. And maybe you're here at church this Sunday and you've been involved in some really dark things. Maybe you're in bondage to some really dark things. Something's going on in your life that's not God and it's hurting you and it's destroying you. It's eating your soul. I want to let you know, listen to me, you are no worse than anybody else. We are no worse than anybody else. We are no better than anybody else. We are all equal at the foot of the cross. Come on, can you thank Jesus for grace, huh? Come on, you can do a little bit better than that. Can you thank our God for grace? Man. Look, look, look what else. See, this is grace speaking. So what does grace say? Grace says, I accept you. What does grace say? The Pharisees, what, what, what does grace say about this situation? Grace says, I accept you. Grace says, I protect you. Grace says, I elevate you. And grace says, I forgive you. Jesus said, hey, neither do I condemn you. I forgive you. But then he makes one more comment. He, he, he says, I forgive you. So what does grace say? Grace forgives. But then he also says, go and sin no more. Grace instructs you. Grace instructs you. So let's look at these five things here, what does grace say? What in this encounter with grace and the law and a sinner just like you and me, what does grace say? See, see, as we look, as we look at this story, this is everything that grace does for us. It's everything grace is saying for us. So let's, let's look. What was the, the first thing? Grace what? Grace accepts. 
Grace accepts. Watch. It doesn't deny your sin. God accepts you for who you are. He loves you, watch, unconditionally, whether you change or not. I hope you do change for your sake. God wants to help you. He loves you unconditionally. He loves you sacrificially. Didn't Jesus sacrifice himself by getting in the middle of all that drama and fight and conflict? And of course, he sacrificed himself on the cross. He loves you unconditionally, sacrificially, and redemptively. He wants to bring you out of darkness and into his light and give you the right conditions for faith, which is the grace of God. So grace accepts you. Number two, grace protects you. Can you just thank God for God's protection when you've been all up acting crazy everywhere? Well, once again, he, 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 he protects you. He doesn't deny the sin, but he even protects you in your faults and in your shortcomings. He protects you from the penalty of your sin. What else does grace do? Come on, grace elevates. Man, you've been knocked down. The world's knocked you down. Your sin has knocked you down. Can I tell you, there's someone who always wants to pick you up, and that's Jesus. No matter what kind of pit that you're in today, no matter what kind of challenge that you have today, when you encounter the grace of God, grace always wants to elevate you. You've fallen down. It's grace that picks you up. You've been knocked back. It's grace that moves you forward. It is the grace of God whereby God gives you his favor and his blessing and his approval, not because of what you have done, or haven't done but because of Jesus because you belong to Jesus you see grace is not a subject it's a person it's the person of Jesus and when you get in Jesus you have grace grace elevates you that's why I believe the church man that you're above everything the church has to preach grace because the world is constantly pushing us down the pain of this life is constantly beating you up and God wants an environment. I don't think it's coincidence that in this story, Jesus is teaching right there outside the temple. Come on, it was early in the morning. Come on, he was having church. Amen. Grace lifts you up. And if you need to be lifted up out of a pit or a bad situation today, I want to encourage you that you've come to the right Place. You've come to a church that preaches grace, that preaches the person of Jesus. Come on, then he told, he told I, don't, I don't condemn you. Grace forgives. Grace forgives, and, and in that forgiveness, it, it releases. There's a freedom. There's a releasing in that forgiveness. He says, I don't, I don't condemn you. Now go. Grace forgives. And then the fifth thing, now y'all know five in the Bible, biblically five is the number of grace. And there are five things in this story. And the fifth thing, Jesus says, now go and sin no more. Grace instructs. Grace instructs your lifestyle and how you should live. Now watch, watch. And this is the part 
that the world has a problem with. This is the part of grace that unfortunately some followers of Jesus have a problem with. Mary, we want God to accept us, right? Of course we do. Yeah, and God does accept us. Yeah, God accepts. We want God's protection, right? We want God to elevate us, right? We want God to forgive us, right? And he does all those things. He, he accepts and he protects and he elevates and he forgives. But whoa, 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 whoa. You mean that with that, I have to like allow God to speak into my life? I, you mean now I have to, to, grace has instruction for me as to my lifestyle, as to how I should live, as to how I should behave? You see, holiness is not for God. Holiness is for you. You can't be happy unless there's some degree of holiness in you. You keep going out there and doing those things and doing those things and doing those things. It's like eating away at your soul. And what God is saying, remember, he loves you. Here's what, unconditionally, sacrificially, but what also? Redemptively. He has bought you back with his blood. And you know what he says? He says, I love you so much. I can't, I, I, I do not want you to engage in this behavior that is gonna destroy you and pull you further and further away from me. It's what it says in Titus chapter two, verse 11 and 12. Put it up there real quick, look at this. For the grace, everybody say grace. So that same grace that accepts, protects, elevates, and forgives, that grace that brings salvation has appeared to all men. What, look, teaching us, instructing us, what? That denying ungodliness and worldly lust. What did Jesus tell the woman? Get out of this lifestyle. This is hurting you. You're not gonna be able to experience the benefits of my protection and my forgiveness and all these blessings and purpose that I wanna give you. You, you, you. Go go and sin no more, get out of this. You have an opportunity, look, teaching us at denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should what? Live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present age. Amen. The grace of God instructs. Let me say it this way, okay? Grace doesn't excuse, grace instructs. Grace doesn't excuse, grace instructs. Too many of us want God's grace to just excuse our sloppiness. Do you see? But really, God's grace, watch. He'll protect you in your sloppiness. He'll love you in your sloppiness. But man, he's got better things for your life. He wants you to get out of that mess. Come on and start living life how it's supposed to be lived. Let me pray. Let me have the worship team come out right now. I I'm going to pray. Father, we just come in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you for your word, Lord. We thank you that today we have heard grace. What does grace say? Lord, grace says you accept us. Grace says you protect us. Grace says you elevate us. Grace says you forgive us. 
and grace says you instruct us, Lord. So we receive your full grace in our lives. We not, not just part of it, not just the acceptance and forgiveness part without the instruction part, but Jesus, we see that you love us and it's in your grace that we now have the right conditions for a life of faith, for a life of blessing, and for a life of overcoming. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to ask you right now, this is a, 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 a special moment with God, so don't, please, no one leaving, no one looking around. Here's all I want to say. If you'd say, Stovall, I need grace to come in to my life right now. When you say you need grace to come in, you're saying you need Jesus to come in. There's accusation, there's condemnation, there could be some sin, there's some struggle. I want to let you know that God loves you no matter what. But you've got to receive all of Jesus, not some of Jesus, not just Jesus as your Savior, but Jesus as your Lord. And you will see grace operate in a powerful way to free up your life. So if you just say, Stovall, I need grace to come into my life right now. Would you raise up a hand? I'm battling something. I'm dealing with something. It, 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 put those hands down. If you would say it this way, great, Stovall, I need, I'm going to receive God's instruction. Grace is instructing my lifestyle. There's some things that I need to, to get out of to experience God's best. Would you just be honest and raise a hand right now? Come on, you're no, you're no worse than anybody else in this room. We're all there at different seasons in our lives. So many hands up. You can put them down. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to lead us in a prayer. If you raise your hand, I want you to repeat this prayer. Congregation, everyone at Midtown, uh, Orange Park, Julington Creek, those out at Amelia as well. I'm going to ask you to repeat this prayer as well. Let's make it a declaration of faith and just kind of help many people today who might be praying this type of prayer for the very first time. So bow your heads and repeat this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I receive your grace. Lord, Lord Jesus, I receive you, the person of grace, as my Lord and Savior. Lord, I thank you that you accept me, you protect me, you elevate me, you forgive me, and you instruct me. And Lord, I say yes to your instruction in my life. You are my Savior and you are my Lord. Thank you for a fresh start. Thank you for total forgiveness and thank you for eternal life, Lord. I walk and live in your grace, in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen and amen. Come on, put your hands together. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. For more information about Celebration Church or to get in touch with us, please visit celebration.org.